0: BetUS.com.
1: Turn it
2: on and rip the knob off.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It is finally here for the fourth straight year in a row. Your Milwaukee Brewers getting after it in the playoffs as the NLDS is upon us. Rowdy's excited despite the yawn as the Brewers take on the Braves. 3-37 337 first pitch this afternoon, and we are oh so excited. Rowdy, it is it is here. I mean, we don't have to sleep anymore. It's here. Well, a couple hours from now, we're going to be watching Brewers at American Family Field. Corbin Burns on the bump opposite of Charlie Morton. How we feeling, kid, after all the lead-up?
1: Well, I think uh, not only am I, but I think the Brewers have been waiting for this for three and a half weeks.
0: Rowdy... <laughs> Uh, yes, they have. Uh, after shoring up the NL Central, well, first getting their playoff berth, then shoring up the NL Central, kind of chose to have, as David Stern said, health over momentum as they come in tonight, well, I guess late this afternoon, and the Braves come in, and it's time to go. A little revenge on the brain for Cor- Corbin Burns, as last time he pitched against ATL, uh, the Atlanta Braves, he got dusted up a little bit. But here's the thing: the dude should be a Cy young winner. Uh, well, if the voters have any smarts about them, and we know rowdy what what do we know about baseball writers of America or just sports writers in general usually?
1: yeah, the majority of them are idiots,
0: yeah, so hopefully they get their heads out of their asses, and they do when it comes time to it to uh, give the vote out there, or they already have the vote is that a is that a before the Postseason starts? I don't know exactly when the vote is. Well, Corbin Burns should be winning Cy Young as he's going to go out there and just dazzle on the mound. And Charlie Morton, as Rowdy was breaking down earlier this week, just going to throw you a lot of junk. Right, Rowdy? Charlie Morton's not going to blow you away with any speed or anything, but he's got a little he's got a little uh, extra something in his arsenal, his repertoire. Yeah, it's not
1: necessarily junk, but he's going to always be throwing something with movement, whether it's a sinker, whether it's a cutter, whether it's a two-seamer. It's always going to have movement or cut to it. And then, obviously, he's got the change up in the curveball.
0: And then Corbin Burns, uh, he's really, uh, what, settled into his cutter after he went to that pitching lab, right, Rowdy? Uh, he's got a little uh, a little something to his arsenal as well, and rightfully so is Corbin Burns. Uh, the record he has, which still is hilarious, 11-5. and But his ERA, 2.43. And then, again, Brandon Woodruff will get game two uh, against who's, – who's going for the Braves? Mac is it um, – Who's game two for the Braves?
1: Max Fried. Yeah,
0: Fried, there you go, oh, against Brandon Woodruff. But on the docket again today, Burns, who leads the NL in ERA this season, 234 strikeouts, only 34 walks in, 167 innings, ready to get her going. And we talked about this, I think, yesterday. It was two days ago. But Burns gave up those five runs, nine hits over four innings in his first start and only start against the Braves this year. Brewer still won that game, though, 9-5. to five. And Morton did uh, made one start against the crew as well. He was uh, 0-1 with a 3 ERA. So, Nelly, what are we thinking today, man? Like, wh- how we feeling entering into this game? A Brewer's going to be, like, what's the vibe of the game we think still we're Still
1: nervous, here? still tense, and I think that's pretty much how a lot of uh, bigger Brewer fans are feeling about this, because I've talked to, you know, probably a handful over the last couple days, and... They've all been saying the same exact thing. I'm nervous for Friday. I can't wait for Friday. I'm nervous for Friday. I need to see the Brewers come out and get a win on Friday.
0: Yep, gotta come out uh, strong. Now, when it comes to, I know a win is a win. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, be mad if the Brewers win. But depending on how they win and easing those nerves and easing this tension, obviously you'd like to see the bats come alive. But what if the Brewers win in like a one nothing game and they have got like four or five hits? Are you still gonna be concerned moving forward for the crew despite winning one nothing?
1: I'll feel all right, obviously. And the reason why I feel all right is because if you win one to nothing, two to one, three to two, whatever, you win a close, low scoring game, you're still up one to nothing in a best of five. Mm-hmm. But if the Milwaukee Brewers go out there and say Corbin Burns does get touched up a little bit by the Braves, like he has in the past. Say the Brewers' bats don't come alive; they don't hardly get any hits and score any runs. And say they lose like eight to two.
0: Then you're gonna be a little nervous.
1: You're already down one to nothing. Your ace and well, one of your aces and your Cy Young hopeful just got beat, Mm -hmm. and your offense isn't hitting the baseball again. It'll do a lot to put my nerves to bed if they come out and win on the flip side 10 to 2 and just hammer that like a lot 14 of 14 hits. Corbin Burns goes 7, gives up just one. Just mash him. Strikes out 10 plus. Just
0: annihilate them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been absolutely nuts uh what the Brewers have been able to uh, accomplish especially after and we're going to talk about this today. Uh obviously the the arm that is Corbin Burns and then look at the bullpen as well. But also the offense of the Milwaukee Brewers, and we got to pinpoint some guys who need to step up. But The obvious answer would be what? Christian Yelich? Like, this is a guy that's the face of your franchise, He's got that big contract uh, starting to come in, what, next year? So obviously Christian Yelich has got to be that guy to come around in October, as President of Baseball Operations David Stearns was talking about that. You know, earlier this week we were playing the clips that he does believe Yelich can turn it around and and be that productive bat, uh, you know, have a productive bat come playoffs. Uh, but Rowdy Yelly's the obvious answer. Who's a guy like? Uh, is it really riding on the bat of Willie Adamas then? Because when the Brewers got Willie Adamas, that's when you can pinpoint in that season the day that changed the Brewers' uh, campaign of twenty twenty one.
1: So obviously, you could say you could say like you said, Christian Yelich, because he is supposed to be the face of your franchise. He was your former MVP. He was the guy that you owe a ton of money to over the next decade, <laughs> starting next year. Um, obviously that's the easy answer. Willie Adamas could be this year's easy answer Mm -hmm. since he is the guy that obviously since they traded for him in late May, they have been on fire. They have been a different team. They have been winning at a, at a clip that is insane for a team that was below 500 when they acquired him
0: And third in the NL central,
1: I think those are the two easy answers for just your franchise moving forward for this current year with how Willie Adamas has led them basically emotionally and, and energetically. Yeah. I'm going to say two names, though, that I have mentioned briefly, both left-handed batters. Probably this was, I think, around in August when I said this. But this team seems to have come and gone, obviously with Willie Adamas bringing the energy. But when Omar Nervaez and Colton Wong swing the bat well, yeah, because for the most part... Until uh the trade deadline where obviously Eduardo Escobar had been moved up in the lineup between hitting like second to fifth. It was Colton Wong at leadoff when healthy, and it was Omar Nervaez hitting anywhere from two to two to five, two to six in that lineup. Mm-hmm. But those two were key cogs that had for the first five out of the six months of the season, really good five months. Like Omar Narvaez was a all star um alternate who ended up getting into the game. Colton Wong would have been the starting all-star at second base. Had he not spent two, three uh, IL stints early in the season. And let's not forget Omar Narvaez had an IL stint early in the season. Both of these guys missed time in the first couple months, especially when the brewers were struggling. It was those guys, Christian Yelich with a back, but I've just noticed when those guys are hitting the ball well and getting on base, this offense also continues to roll. And what we saw, the last month of the season, Omar Nervaez went from having a career year. Obviously he's gotten better defensively. There's no doubt about that. I mean, just two years ago he was defensively the worst catcher in, in baseball. <laughs> last but year. He had a stick. Yeah, last year he didn't play much better and he didn't have the bat. And now this year all of a sudden he's hitting the ball. He's, he's his just, defense yeah. looks resurgent night and day better. And Colton Wong, we know is gonna be a gold glove second baseman, we know he makes plays look super easy, super smooth out there, but he was even hitting the ball for a higher average than normal and one of his better power productive seasons as well, which probably helps a little bit being at American family field as a left-handed hitter. But uh, that last month of the season, Omar Nervaez just kind of went, no, he, 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 where was he? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see him. Yeah. I know he was playing, but I didn't see him get any hits. I, I didn't see him put up any big-time numbers. So I think uh, Omar Narvaez and Colton Wong, two lefties that have been in the top five of that lineup for the majority of the season, need to play well.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Omar Narvaez. I mean, that, that kind of happened to a lot of the Brewers' bats. Right at the end of the season here, Rowdy, they just all of a sudden went quiet. And you're like, what the hell is going on around here? Speaking of Colton Wong... Did you happen to read Rowdy the uh, the Players Tribune article or the letter I should say that Colton Wong wrote to Brewers Nation? Did you happen to read that at all? No, I saw it. Oh, I th- just, you should read it, man. It's really good. I'm telling you, you'd, I read. I it. had.
1: A, I was doing some other things last night. I was watching some different games. I was going to get to it, and I guess I just yeah. Forgot. Check,
0: you'd, you'd love it. You'd love it. Check it out. I'm gonna share a story that Colton Wong tabbed in it because it, it kind of coincides with what you had talked about. Uh, I think when I was on vacation. Uh, God, this seems like a while ago now. Uh, but speaking real quick before I get to that story and Rowdy's story, how it kind of correlates, 337 is the first pitch. That's some nice later afternoon baseball. Nellie and I here are going to be out and about for the pre-pregame show. Well, I mean, it's, it's not really a show. We just kind of sit around and we drink some Truly, give away some Truly swag, uh, entertain the masses that are around us, you know, rub some elbows, shake some hands, kiss some babies. And then we got Wisconsin Army tickets, your chance to win. Wisconsin Army tailgate, your chance to win. But, Rowdy, when we're there at Church Key, downtown at Churchkey from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., Brewers start at 337. I highly implore you to come to Churchkey and not only drink some Truly or whatever you want, but watch the Brewers with Nellie and I starting at 337. We got to get a crowd there at Churchkey, Rowdy, to really celebrate the Brewers' fourth straight playoff appearance and the start of the NLDS. I think it would just be right, right? get everyone down there at Church Key and just have a damn good time?
1: Yeah, normally when we say we're going to be out and about at places in the past for Brewer Games, we've had pretty good successes, especially when we uh, had those kegs at Red Zone. <laughs>
0: I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so go, get your ass down. No, uh, well, I don't know if they have kegs of Truly. You'll, you might be on your own for the for the. – I'll buy you a beer if you come down. How about that? Or a Truly, I should say. So coming down to Church Key. Uh, we'll be there two to six. Brewers start at three thirty seven, so come on down a little early, get settled in, get ready to go. I know Nelly's gonna get some brewer fever stuff. Uh we got we got our swag on today. Uh Rowdy's got his brewer fever shirt on. I got my brewer fever shirt on. I also have this awesome brewer starter jacket that I'm wearing right Still now. Still
1: wearing my week long Favre collection Wrangler. Yeah, Rowdy's looking good in this
0: this <laughs> denim shirts. I love the denim. That's a good look I need, Rowdy. Uh, but Nelly, so in this Players' Tribune article, I want to get to the story that Colton Wong had. Uh, but before I get to the story
1: of Colton Wong... <laughs> I'm just going with that from now on. The I like Favre, it. The Favre collection. I like that. And <laughs> like, you know, Michael Strahan had his little dress shirt collection. <laughs> yeah. This is the Favre collection. Uh,
0: I know. I think his name came up yesterday. Did we talk about Plaxico Burris yesterday? Was that two days ago?
1: Oh, that was when we That was were, two days I ago. I think it was two days ago.
0: Do you know, he's got his own... or ha- I don't know if he still does, but he, at one point, might still, had his own sock company. Like you could have plastical Burris socks. I don't think there's any blood stains on it when you shoot yourself in <laughs> no, the leg. No,
1: he should have got the, an underwear company for his waistband.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he, could, so he could properly store his gun. Um, oh, but in all seriousness, a luxury sock. Oh, this is not Is it hilarious
1: wow. how like a lot of athletes now all of a sudden have like clothing lines or like shoe lines?
0: Yeah, like and Brett Favre's like old man sleeve copper. Sleeve, yeah, tone. like something like that. Yeah.
1: But um, we still go back and laugh about Ryan Bronze. Rembrandt, or, or whatever. Rem- no. Remedy. 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 I, it was something like that. It was, it was whatever so, it was, it was terrible. It was like affliction, but even worse.
0: It was like affliction and Kmart, like had a baby and Braun backed I'll, it. I'll
1: at least give Michael Strahan some due. He has, yeah, he has nice. nice dress shirts that yeah. you could actually buy and use.
0: So I just remembered Plaxico Burris. Uh, let's see here. Pla- this is from 2013, so it was a while ago. Plax is doing his best not to be part of a staggering stat which says 78% of NFL players are. Bankrupt or in severe financial distress just two years after retirement. So what did he do in 2013 at 35 years old? He wanted to diversify his income stream by launching a new collection of luxury socks. Rowdy, these socks go from anywhere from $28 to $36. Jeez. Would you buy? No. <laughs> Plaxico. No wonder these NFL players, 78% of them are bankrupt after uh, getting out of the league. How do they afford your socks? Like, you're, Buying socks single-handedly to bankrupt these athletes, thirty-six dollars socks. There's no way. Oh, thirty-nine dollars socks from the Plastical Burst. All right, official website. Let's see if it's dude. Still in you existence. can get
1: a nice pair of socks Ooh. in like a big pack
0: for, like, for like, like less than twenty bucks. I do have some unfortunate news. If you are indeed truly wanting Plastical Burst socks. Now, I haven't thought of this story since probably 2013. I just went to his website, PlaxicoBurrosCollection.com, Rowdy. And it is no more. It is just a page that says, Under Construction. It, it is done. Oh, no. <laughs> Nelly has this, and I'm going to put a Twitter poll out. I just re- remembered I was going to do that, about your feelings coming in to this game this afternoon against
1: the Braves Nellie you
0: you'd say you're more nervous than anything? yeah I have
1: like a nervous uneasy feeling about this series oh
0: I myself feel very hopeful like I'm very excited about this and i I feel like the Brewers kind of got this team of destiny feel to, not to say that rowdy doesn't feel that way but he's got the more nerves I, I mean I, how about you RJ? I can
3: understand that based off of what you saw the past couple of weeks yeah so so can I so um, can I but just you can't really even – I just can't discount the middle of the season, I guess, since you're looking at uh, a team that, with Willie Adams coming on and also changing their approach at the plate around the same time, started playing good baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, who knows? Maybe they, they won it and then shut it down for, like, the rest of the year. But, I mean – at some – you don't really lose lose it, you know, just based on that. Yeah, I mean, so, we've seen
0: hot team Like, Cardinals are really hot coming in, and they lost. Yeah. But and then if you pull back the picture a little more, the Dodgers were actually the hotter team yeah. than the Cardinals. Um, and then what we had, the Rays winning last night and the Houston Astros winning last night. Rowdy, how would you describe the Boston Red Sox coming in to the playoffs? They had to dispatch the Yankees. In their wild card, the AL wild card.
1: Well, Boston was a team that at the beginning of the year, they jumped out right away in the AL and one of was one of the better teams in the AL, kind of fell off after the All-Star break and then got hot again towards the end of the year to put themselves in that playoff position. But the last couple of weeks of the season, they were only playing like 500 ball as well. Yeah. Yankees. Yankees had Yankees were seven and they three. Were, they were in. the slow starters that then got hot towards the end of the season, made it into the postseason playing a little bit better baseball than Boston, but then Garrett Cole got uh hit pretty hard and was out after two innings.
0: Yeah, the Yankees were seven and three their last ten entering the Red Sox five and five. Also
1: when you looked at the pure numbers, the Boston Red Sox hit Garrett Cole really well this season. Mm-hmm. He had an ERA over four against Boston this year, so it makes sense that they were able to get to him. Even though it was Garrett Cole. What is it, what's that contract he
0: had, 350 something million? That's a lot of money. Yeah, and he kind of came up snake eyes. Uh, when it comes to the Brewers, and it's the offense that's something that has been a question mark a lot this season. There's been uh, guys coming up in timely fashion, uh, just a collection of people like, I'll take a couple days or maybe a week or maybe a month, and then I'll cool off and someone else will come and uh, fill that void. But I think if you go back – well, not think, I know. If you go back and look at the entirety of the season, you look at Willie Adamas. And what Willie Adamas – May 22nd of 2021 is tabbed Willie Adamas Day. Uh, before – on May 21st uh, – let's see, before Willie Adamas came, the Brewers were sitting at a 21-23 and 23 record, third place in the NL Central. And then after Willie Adamas, the Brewers were 21-23, and 23, became 74-44. and 44. <laughs>
1: And then champions (laughs) from
0: third place to champions, yeah, Rowdy.
1: No, I just was laughing. You know how like you have
3: we are laughing.
1: Yeah. Well, you have BC and AD. Yeah. Well, you can almost say Brew Crew before and (laughs) Willie Adamus (laughs) after.
0: (laughs) So how about this, Rowdy? Before Willie Adamus came, runs for the Brewers three point six six. Runs after the Willie Adamus day, four point eight nine. Batting average, 2.13 before Adamus, after Adamus, 241. Uh, On-base percentage, before Adamus, 298, after Adamus, 324. Slugging percentage, before Adamus, 354, after Adamus, 412. OPS, before Adamus, 652, after Adamus, 736. And clutch, before Adamus, minus .87, after Adamus, 2.5. 4-0. Four zero,
1: 0 And you read off those team numbers, but how about Willie Adamas just in general with his play? It, you, we know that you're going to get solid uh, shortstop in the field from Willie Adamas with a good arm. He he showed that in both Tampa and in uh, Milwaukee this year. But how about offensively? I mean, Willie Adamas in 41 games with the Rays was hitting 197, had five home runs, 15 RBIs and was a guy that was struggling mightily, especially as a guy that was a career 260 hitter coming into this year. Mm -hmm. With the Milwaukee Brewers, he's batting 285, hit 20 home runs, and 58 RBIs. That was in about twice the games that he played with the Rays. His numbers are not twice of what he did with the Rays. They are obviously almost three times better. Yeah. And in some statistics, four times better. Yeah. And, And you look at that... And obviously he, he's brought, you would say, the juice to the Milwaukee Brewers with that energy. But not only that, but he's playing really well. And he's hitting the ball really well. And this was a guy that the Milwaukee Brewers trading for him in Tampa was looking for a guy that was a plus fielder. That's him with a plus arm. That's him. And then a guy that could hit roughly 260, probably hit about 15 home runs. And you look at the end of his season. The guy is hitting incredibly well. He's hitting two sixty-two, which is right on pace for what you would have figured you'd got. But he also has 25 home runs and almost 70 and 73 RBIs. I think that is even much better than what the Brewers were anticipating.
0: Oh, big time. Uh, Willie Adamas, I have a quote from him that I want to play. Willie Adamas yesterday meeting with the media, as well as Corbin Burns, Craig Council, uh, but Willie Adamas talks about confidence in himself from where he was with Tampa to where he is now with the Brewers. Take a Last look at
4: year, you know, it was uh, kind of like a learning process because he wasn't, you know, my best uh, on the offensive side, like a uh, motivation for me. And now that I'm on this team, you know, since I got here, you know, the guys, they gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, I, I feel like that's different this year than the past two years, that confidence that I have personally.
0: So Willie Adamas comes in, and the guys give him confidence. But on the flip side, Willie Adamas then gives confidence in the other guys because remember when the sticks, everyone on fire Andy Haynes? Remember, remember, remember everyone calling for the firing of Andy Haynes? Yeah. Willie Adamas came in. I do believe we had the conspiracy theory. When Willie Adamas came in, he told everyone on that staff, hey, listen to me, not Andy Haynes, because we immediately saw the
1: average and everything start going up. Well, I think another thing that Willie Adamas was battling, he talked about how the year before he didn't swing the bat very well. Well, it's only a two-month season, right? Mm -hmm. Think about if uh, Willie Adamas only had another two-month season this year. All you get to see is basically those Ray numbers. Those Ray numbers are not very good. No. That would have been, I guess, two straight back-to-back years, even though they were only two-month seasons of being terrible. Well, thankfully, this year it's six months. Those last four months, he was incredible. He played the best baseball he's ever played. But I think a big thing with Willie Adamas – Said he struggled seeing the baseball with the batter's eye in Tampa Bay at the Trop. And, and obviously it showed. I mean, he's hit a lot better at, at American Family Field than he did at the Trop. And also, I think another big thing was they had Wander Franco in the uh, minors. This was a kid that was one of the best prospects in baseball, a kid that they were ready to bring up to the big leagues and uh, they did once they traded Willie and he's been good. I mean, he's batting up at the top of their order. They were one of the better teams in baseball. You have that breathing down your neck. Instead, you go from getting traded or you go from that to being traded to Milwaukee where they just bailed on the guy that was their shortstop in Orlando Garcia not too long before that. They went with a kid that was struggling defensively, and they came in and said, hey, you're our shortstop now. We're gonna move Arias to third base and filling in at second base. You're the guy now at shortstop. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah, and I think that also probably put him at ease. And then, if you believe him in saying the bat, he likes the batter eye better at American Field. That's uh, two things that go together pretty well for <laughs> a combination of guy to hit the ball well.
0: Uh, it definitely does. Um, Willie Adamas. Um, I'm gonna hear one more thing from him. You might hear some of the quote you just heard, but here's a longer version of it. If I can hit this right
4: here, thing I I did anything you know crazy or anything special just you know I just came to the I just come to the field every day just to, to play the game in the right way just to have fun and, and enjoy this cuz you know this is what we live for and and, and and for me personally you know I just focus to to try to uh, be the best the, the best version of myself and try to help whoever needs my help if I can if I can help a- anybody and you know uh, it makes me feel good that he thinks like that about me and, and you know I'm just happy to be part of this organization. I'm happy to be here at this point of the season. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, I, I like I don't think I do anything extra. I just try to be me and just try to be happy every day.
1: And he's contagious. The batter eye is a real thing, too. And I would be curious to see how much different one field to another really is. Yeah, Obviously, never played on a big league field. I've never seen the difference between, you know, Wrigley Fields batter eye versus American Family Fields batter eye, but I can tell you this: like playing it in high school, being in the cages, I hated hitting in cages. I thought the, I thought well, I thought like the screens and everything yeah. was like really weird on my eyes, and I never picked the ball up well. Mm-hmm. But if you went and took batting practice on the field, I hit the ball way better. Yeah. Now we had other kids that were just animals in the cages, and then you got them out there on the field for like a, a BP session. And they didn't hit the ball as well as what it looked like in the cage. So that, like that's a real thing. And I I just think it's wild that his eyes obviously were affected so much at Tropicana Field versus American Family Field. I'd love to be on the field to see yeah. what it looks like for me personally because it's like that's wild how differently his numbers are. For um. Willie Adamas, looks
0: like he just needed a little uh, scenery change. And he got it. <laughs> so real quick on Brett Bielema, uh the fighting line eye in the Wisconsin Badgers. I... I feel like the Badgers will win, but it's going to be ugly. I don't. Badgers are favored. What
3: eleven points? You, I've seen. You have two teams that struggle to score.
0: Yes, it's. I've, I. Feel, I'm just going to tell you right now. I feel like the Badgers are win like seventeen to fourteen.
3: It. it I. Yeah. It's going to be low scoring, or, or, or
0: fourteen to ten, or something like it, that.
3: It. it it's going to be a low scoring game. It's uh, going to be ugly. Yeah. Like it could be one of those where. It could be even uglier like if Graham Mertz does bad play. enough football. I think Mertz is going to play. Where I might. End up watching more of the Penn State Iowa game. <laughs> you get the you got the Red River
0: showdown at 11, at eleven. I don't
3: really care about that yeah, <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, that, that's another one. That's two overrated teams right there that are they're about to play each other. them. Um all right. Horns down. Number
0: all right. So boys, when it comes that's to a it,
3: penalty if you do that. What? Oh horns, horns
0: down. down, really? Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Hook them. Yeah, because it makes them feel bad. It's,
0: they feel bad about But it. my feelings are
5: But You're our hurt. biggest rival. Why are you doing this? My feelings are
0: hurt when you celebrate. Uh, okay, so <laughs> when it comes to the task at hand, though, Graham Mertz apparently has been practicing this week. Jake Ferguson practicing this week. Paul Chris said yesterday that he expects everyone to be available down in Champaign against the Fighting Illini. It's trending that Graham Mertz is going to play, and I can't believe I'm saying this please let Graham play because what's behind him gets even tougher. So <laughs> I would like to see Graham play and maybe duplicate what he did against Illinois last year. That'd be nice. <laughs>
3: Doesn't have the same old line, but <laughs> no. yeah, that'd be nice.
1: Uh, what are you looking for, Rowdy? No, this is going to be a tough game. I mean, the total's only sitting at 42. Oh, my God. Wisconsin, yeah, depending on where you look, it's 10.5, it's 11. I, there's no way I could... L- I could lay ten and a half or 11 on Wisconsin no, in this there's game. Not, there's no way there's no with way how possible. bad that offensive line has been. The only team where Wisconsin has been able to bully a, another team in the trenches. It's been Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan is a bad Mac school this year. Yeah. Like, and even in that game, they were barely able to cover because they still didn't play very well.
3: They gave up more points in the defense.
1: It, it's, it, this is not going to be a pretty game. Illinois is one of those teams that can force turnovers, though they don't look very good on offense either.
3: Yeah. Well, and they've decided to play the wrong quarterback. They're actively playing Brandon Peters over Arthur Stakowski.
1: Yeah, we talked about that earlier in the year when uh, St- yeah. Stokowski played against uh, Nebraska and they won. Yeah, we're like, I'm like, I swear to God, was that the Rutgers transfer? Because we yep. weren't sure at first, and we're like, Oh yeah, it is. And I go, <laughs>
3: both oh. of the, both of those quarterbacks are going to be like 23 and 24 this year. <laughs> well, it's like he played pretty well
1: against Nebraska for what they asked yep. him to do, and then all of a sudden he's losing more and more playing time when Illinois has been playing worse and worse.
3: Yeah, it's that's so. Thanks for those. Personnel decisions. So
0: what did um? So Brett Bielema said that the quote was oh, they're going to continue to. What was it? Our statistics RJ? are great. The statistics they're are great. They're a great
3: thing to reference, but the key ingredient is what worked Saturday. In brackets versus Charlotte. What we did Charlotte. on Saturday is what our offense is going to be greatly dedicated to this week. I'm gonna Charlotte. guess that they ran the football. They did for like 200 and almost 300 yards. Yeah. Uh,
1: Brandon Peters was
0: 10 of 19 for 78 yards and one touchdown passing. And then rushing Chase Brown had
1: 257 yards. Yeah. I'm going to guess they're going to try and do that (laughs) against Wisconsin. (laughs) And they're not going to have too much success. Yeah. Yeah, Good luck. The only time you're going to see a team truly have success against this Wisconsin defense running the football is when this Wisconsin defense says enough is enough they are mentally done with this season. Yeah. <laughs> as bad as that sounds, that's probably, no, that is 100% correct.
3: Okay, so their leading rusher on the year, Brown, has 397 yards. She got
1: 257 of them against or, Charlotte. Sorry,
3: 379 yards. 257 came against Charlotte. Yep. In one game and two tutties. So in the four games prior, he had 150 yards. It's Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte
1: boys, it's not going to be a clean game. Just and the reason why it's not going to be a clean game for Wisconsin. Cause Wisconsin could beat this team by 30 if they had an offensive line. Yes. Mm-hmm. If the offensive line continues to play like it has against Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, Penn, Penn state, uh, they didn't even look that great to me against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan just looked that bad. Mm-hmm. they're going to continue to struggle with these type of teams, the Illinois of the world, the Purdue's of the world, the Northwestern's of the world, where, yeah, they'll probably win. They'll maybe win by a score, maybe 10, 14 points, but it's not going to be pretty.
3: No. Can Illinois
1: and win this game? It, I, 100% they could win this yeah. game.
3: I, absolutely. You, you force some turnovers, and you give yourself a short field. Wisconsin's defense is a great defense, mm-hmm. but if you're on the field for long periods of time and always playing with short field, you're gonna give up points. Kind of SOL.
1: Now, do I do I expect Illinois to win this game? No, obviously they're ten, eleven point underdogs. Bob does but... <laughs> Pizza bet. I expect
0: do, the Badgers to win, but ugly.
1: Yeah, do I expect an gruesome. ugly game? 100% because it has ugly game written all over it. It's going to be it, uneasy. If the line comes out and, and just looks like the Maulers that they were tagged as going into the season, or they, they come out and, and actually look like a serviceable Division One Big Ten offensive line, yeah, Wisconsin will roll Illinois, but they haven't done that at all this year. The only caveat is that those other three teams that we've mentioned where they really struggled, they're top 15 teams. They are. They Illinois <laughs> will never be confused this year for a top 15 team. No, no. they will not. I um, think, I think though, going forward with this game, you look at uh, outside of Iowa, it's a lot of, uh, you would say, quote-unquote, easier games for Wisconsin. If they come out and absolutely dismantle Illinois, you'll feel a lot better about the Purdue games. You'll feel a lot better about the Nebraska and the yep. Northwestern games. But if they don't, this season's going to look uh, Potentially pretty brutal With uh, how it turns out Now what were those uniforms Remember And I hate to bring up bad memories The gray ghost The uniforms gray ghost uniforms uh, Bielema
0: said Red range. Yeah that's when That's last time They wore those against Wisconsin In Champagne. They beat the Badgers They usually wear them For a homecoming And they're not I think Bielema said They were never wearing those again As long as I'm coach Bielema said They're not going to be wearing them So they, if they're superstitious Or a little stitious They're not going to have Those uniforms that they last I'm surprised he the prefers
1: Like the orange unis. If I was him and I was built like him, I wouldn't prefer the orange unis well, because it's, it's very unflattering. Flattering. Their normal yeah. home jerseys are the blue tops. Yeah, like, with, with the Bielma can, orange can, for his own personal psyche, he can never go all orange because he's just going to get memed as the orange. Yeah, he's going to be like the Kool-Aid. Otto orange. He's going to be...
3: I didn't know Syracuse yeah, was playing ne- today. Right next
1: to it. It's the Syracuse mascot and Brett Bielema. Yeah, or well, it's the Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid man's brother. Most
3: of his pictures show him uh, wearing blue. So well, for a reason.
0: <laughs> if he wears that orange RJ when the Kool-Aid man breaks through with the red pitcher, oh yeah, yeah. behind oh, no. him behind oh, him will no. be his extra
1: hungry brother in well, orange Kool-Aid. You know like black and other Hoken dark colors. <laughs> black and other dark colors are slimming. Yeah, exactly why he's wearing dark blue. I mean, yeah. It's
3: not helping.
1: I think the orange just looks like a parachute.
3: <laughs> like the ones you played with in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sit under it. Like, there was a time earlier in the year, I think it was when they played, was in Maryland? And they lost to Maryland in a close game that they probably should have won. But they had a side angle from Brett, and he, he was looking at his, like, play sheet, and he still needed a longer shirt, because you could kind of see the gut from underneath Yeah, under that's anything. tough. That's not flattering for that's anybody. Tough. No. At least get a shirt that fits. Hey, at least we know he's
0: getting paid well, because... You gotta be paid well to. Pretty oh, sure the
3: radio station just got blocked by Brad Bielema.
0: He's definitely <laughs> eating high on the hog. Karma. We'll come right back. I just feel
1: bad for Jen. <laughs> no, don't, don't, Brownie. Don't.
0: Betus.com. This is what the head coach, Matt LaFleur, had to say about his team entering in Sunday's affair against the Joey B and the Bengals. Take a
6: take a listen. Yeah, I, I said they, they got to wake up with their piss hot. So, uh,
1: <laughs> They need to wake up with their piss hot. I kind of like it. So Matt LaFleur always seems pretty reserved, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's not really trying to step on any toes, especially when it's always coming down to him being the middleman of like the Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers saga that we had to live through for like the last nearly a year. Yeah. Um, But doesn't he come off as like the guy that he's trying to get people pumped up and he's trying to come up with like something clever, or creative to sound like hardcore or something. Yeah, he's like, and then he's, he's like, trying to be like the cool guy. Yeah, but then it just it just doesn't hit that way. It's like it's like when you got
0: that older cat <laughs> who's around and there's like younger kids around. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm all right. I've been I've been I've been working on this all week. I'm gonna say something and I'm gonna impress the younger crowd. They,
6: they got to wake up with their piss hot. So <laughs> and then
0: you hear it, and you just kind of like, go, huh? huh? Well, when I do wake up and take my morning leak. It's normally hot. Yeah, I don't. Well, I've never
1: had cold. Piss. If you if you wake up and your your piss is hot, you might want to get checked out.
0: Well, I mean, th- th- your pee's hot, Rowdy. Like you're like it's coming out of your body. It's it's, it's not cold. But I I know what the first. If, if you have the burning sensation, you yeah. might want to go
1: get that looked up. Yeah,
0: if your piss is hot, like it's burning you. There's this thing called penicillin.
6: Yeah, I, I said they they got to wake up with their piss hot. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just got to be ready to go. And that's that's reality. That is the way it is now.
1: We'll let him finish First, this quote here. Some people said Urban Meyer woke up with his piss hot <laughs> described on fire. That wasn't good. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'll put the D-bag of the week vote up. It's Urban Meyer versus Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth.
0: I'll put that up momentarily. Here's the rest of uh, Matt Lafleur talking about his team pissing hot.
6: The good thing is most of our practices are roughly around this that that time. So it's not like they haven't gone out and played football at that time before. But certainly that is a challenge in terms of just getting your mind right the moment you wake up. That hey, I'll be we're going to be kicking off here in a few hours. It's just <laughs> a mentality. It's a mentality. It should naturally be hot, right?
0: <laughs> so Matt LaFleur says it's a mentality. You gotta wake up and you piss hot. That's the mentality. I can get behind it. It's just as Rowdy suggested, if it is burning like that, definitely see your doctor. So Rowdy, Matt LaFleur, I think when the, the when the sayings happen. It's better organically. I feel like Matt LaFleur was. He's like trying to. He's thinking about that too much. Exactly. Like when Matt LaFleur. And it just doesn't
1: hit the same way. It
0: it really doesn't. I get what he's saying to a degree. But when it, like Matt LaFleur, it was caught on camera his first year as the Packers head coach. Remember when he said uh, he tried to cover his mouth and say all gas, no effing break? Yeah. Like that was, obviously, it's a saying. Let it go. But that was that was off the cuff. That was Matt Lafleur in the, in the heat of the moment. That's like Paul Chris. Yeah, turnover chain my f and a. Exactly. Let it go. All gas, no f and break. That was beautiful. That's poetry in motion, Matt Lafleur. When you got to think about it
1: for a while, and then you get up to the podium. And you have a. Little... See, he definitely thought about it. And was like, this is going to come across really
6: well. This, this they, is they got to wake up with their piss hot. So, uh, <laughs> you know, listen,
0: listen to the awkward laughing in the background, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Finish what you're saying. Lafleur thought this would yeah. be.
1: A... Well, yeah, he thought this is going to come across really well. This is going to be like a, a a nice line here, and didn't really hit that way. Yeah, listen to the laughs by uh, usually the the big J's
0: there, like 90%, 95 percent of them. Big jock sniffers, big brown nosers, like they need to be liked by the Packers brass. Very soft. Listen to the laughs. Even even the big Jays there, Rowdy, are kind of like, oh, I don't know about this one.
6: I, I said they they got to wake up with their piss hot. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just got to be ready to go. So like that,
0: that- that's that awkward laugh. Like, <laughs> is this
1: guy is this guy trying to be funny? All right, Rowdy. <laughs> Floor. Oh, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, defensively, they're going to have to come out here, and they're going to have to be hot, and especially in that secondary, where now you're down one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, yeah. And Jair who knows how long Jair Alexander is going to be down? Yeah, it could be a while. I mean,
0: it could be in theory it the could whole be the rest
1: of the season.
0: The longer they keep trying to search for these second opinions, the more and more I think that this is not good. You just you don't want the reality to hit you that indeed he's going to be done. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? It's Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan, what's up, brother?
5: Not much, man. Woke up this morning with some hot piss. Hell yeah, baby. That's how you attack today. It's Friday.
0: (laughs) Hit me with it, Dan, besides your hot piss.
5: Oh, I'm just... You know, hoping to get out of work a little early today. Can't yeah, you... Getting of that game.
0: All right, let me ask you on the Brewers, my friend. When it comes to the crew, uh, we have a little vote going on on Twitter right now about the, the vibe check. Are you feeling uneasy, as that's where Rowdy voted? Are you feeling cautiously optimistic? Are you getting your hopes up? That's where I voted. Or are you all in? World Series bound, baby.
5: I mean, it's like a combo of all four, but I'm... <laughs> I have fully gotten my hopes up, fellas. I'm ready for heartbreak.
0: I'm right there with you. Right there with you, dude.
5: Um, so, hey, I
4: – Yeah?
5: You know, it, uh, when I get on the phone, it's a little behind. So, I heard you guys talking about Jair. So, I don't understand. Could we have afforded Gilmore or no? Could we have paid him for this year?
0: Um, You would have to um, know
1: how it currently stands. You would have to, like, what did you say, Roddy, cut Dean Lowry? No, you'd, you'd have to adjust your roster. Like, uh, they would have been, like, half a million dollars short on being able to cover what it was to pay him. But uh, you can easily make roster <coughs> moves, Excuse to me. if you had to bring him on. The, it so, could have been done. So,
0: Dan, the Packers didn't have enough salary cap space to acquire him in a trade because they would have to inherit the remaining $4.8 of his base salary. And this year's salary cap... Uh, so the Packers started Thursday with $6.5 in cap space and still needed room for the in-season moves that injuries might uh, require to bring someone in.
1: If they really wanted to get it done, Dan, they could have found a way to get it done. They really just didn't want to get it done. They just wanted I mean, to try.
5: See, that's why I say getting my hopes up with the Brewers because you do this with all Wisconsin sports. You knew. you heard, I seen the news that morning that Gilmore was released. Yeah are going to be released, and it's like, why do I do this to myself? I know the Packers are not going to do it.
0: Well, did you hear Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers said the exact same stuff on the podium that day? They're like, I don't get my hopes up for this.
5: Yeah, and, you know, but then by 9 o'clock that morning, it's like, you know, I think we're going to get Gilmore. (laughs) It's
0: like, no, we're not. What was I thinking? And then reality slaps you around. Well, Dan, I don't know if this will, like, put you more at ease that we weren't ever going to get Gilmore, but Gilmore did say in his uh, introductory press conference yesterday that even if he was released, like straight-up released, he still would have signed with the Panthers because he wanted to be towards home.
5: Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I had gotten. That's what I had heard, but...
0: But you hey, know. Jalen Smith, Cowboys are on the hook for the entirety of his seven point two million dollars base salary. So the Packers, yeah, kinda, the Packers kind of got, kinda got that nice. Three,
5: pretty much. Mm-hmm. And
0: know. Jalen Smith's got a lot of upside. Packers needed him.
5: Yeah, yeah, we'll take. I'll take all the help we can get on defense right now. So Just the extra bodies, even
0: you know. Yeah, Dan, you're all in on the Brewers, which I love. When it comes to the yeah. Packers and Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, I know the Whoa. Bengals got this stink about them, but they're actually not bad this year. Well, what's your what's your vibe on uh, Packers Bengals?
5: I'm not like a huge trap game guy. But <laughs> the <had> trap game <laughs> all over it to me. Um. I don't know. We'll see but
0: And Dan, last time we talked, just before I let you go, um I don't know if you've been listening. Uh, you said you listen like what seven six thirty six thirty to about seven forty ish or something like that. What would yeah, you? Yeah,
5: it, it it varies. It varies. Like today, I'll be able to listen all day. Because I don't know
0: if you realize, the uh, last time we talked last week, uh, I think it was Friday. You're like, yeah. you guys got to stop talking about the stinky badgers when I'm listening. So I've I've done just for you, Dan. I don't know if you noticed or not, but really little badger talk in that time frame when you usually listen. I do that for you.
5: I appreciate it, and you know, i you know, I catch the show here and there throughout the morning, yeah. and uh, there's been very little Badger talk. Which well, that I mean, also Dan
1: coincides with them being stinky. No. Yeah, I'm yeah.
5: sorry, it's we got the Brewers hopefully going for a world. No, experience. Dan, we don't
0: apologize here, brother.
5: All right, then I'm not sorry. Thank you. I'd like to apologize to absolutely
0: nobody. Thank you, Connor McGregor, Dan McGregor. All right, you guys have, Hi, a, good weekend. You have a good one, homies. Yeah. See <laughs>
1: ya. No, I think your big concern, if you're looking at Cincinnati from a Green Bay Packers perspective, is the fact that, well, you have Jair Alexander, your number one corner in a, a top three corner in the NFL, out for this game. I think we can all say that. I don't think that's going out on a limb. You have a Kevin King who has been, who. Serviceable number two when healthy, but at the bottom end of the serviceable number two for gradings uh, and rankings and a very inexperienced rookie in Eric Stokes that has shown flashes of being good. Yeah. If you have a Jair Alexander out, you have a Kevin King who could be out in a moment's notice. And then your number one all of a sudden is a Eric Stokes, who has only been in the NFL for four games. And, yeah, he's a number one pick. Again, he's shown like he could be something maybe in a year or two for sure. But to have him all of a sudden go in and have to, who knows who he's going to have to cover. It's going to either have to be, the, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals are loaded at receiver. You have uh, Jamar Chase, obviously a stud at LSU. You have uh, T. Higgins, stud at Clemson. And let's not forget they still have Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that's three pretty damn good receivers. Yeah, and you're down. Well, no, at least your top corner. And who would who would be surprised if Kevin King left uh, Sunday's game with an injury? Not. I don't I. think anybody would be.
0: All well, of a sudden, is he leaving the game with an injury after he gets absolutely torched yeah. and
1: burned? Because <laughs> that wouldn't or. surprise me either. Either or, <laughs> but that that leaves you to your Eric Stokes. And then after that, we've already talked about with Rob Reichel yesterday how uh, Chandon Sullivan has not played great. Yeah. Especially in the, in the nickel in the slot. Mm -hmm. I mean, now if we're even talking about Shannon Sullivan, we're talking about your fourth corner (laughs) and behind him, it only is going to get worse. And that's why obviously you're going to need Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos to really step up on that back end. And you're going to need those uh, outside linebackers and defensive line to step up to help get pressure on Joe Burrow. Because that'll help obviously the corners if if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball, they don't have to cover as long
0: and our sports director, one of my favorite humans in this whole entire universe, zach Heilprin, good morning zach good morning Zach smashmouth or urban meyer who is uh get your your vote and if, if anyone knows better about being a d bag and voting for him
1: it sadly can be used and rigging votes
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh.
2: Certainly, I know plenty about being D bag. You won. I mean, finally.
0: you won. I'm not saying uh, you are one. I did not vote for you, by the way. Who'd you vote for? Uh, who was up against Zach that week?
2: Yeah, don't even remember because it wasn't. Gonna, it wasn't going to well, matter because Nelson. Was
1: they, didn't they didn't win. They didn't win. No, 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 no. You were remember that was the one where I said this is a dictatorship. Heilprin wins hands down. We yeah. didn't have him run against anyone. Oh
0: yeah. So yeah, you just won Zach. Sorry. Mm, well,
1: That's there
0: you
1: go. I I,
2: I kind of feel like both of you guys have multiple wins uh, for I do. Yeah. I'm not the stranger. but but don't don't
1: forget, I may have multiple wins, but I've also skirted it multiple times. I've
0: won it three times, but I've never advanced in the Ultimate DBA bracket. Rowdy got to the Futile Four.
2: I I was going to say, are you a semifinalist for that? I don't think you are.
0: I never got out of the first round. Rowdy got all the way to the Futile Four. Interesting.
2: Interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, I, uh, Urban should win this. I, I didn't know Smash was still a thing.
0: Neither did I until I saw their tweet pop up on my timeline, and they were making what, fun what, what, of Packer fans. How random is that? It,
2: Are they what, what kind of fans? What, what fans of Niners. what team do they root for? Niners, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer has to win this hands down. I'm, I'm surprised that he's even still the coach of Jacksonville at this point. Um, I can't imagine it last past this year. Uh, he's they've they've sucked. He's been horrible. And uh, he's not, dude. Doesn't even get on the plane and come home. Like, just yeah, there, there's something shady going on with with him and that that girl. They mm-hmm. obviously knew each other before that night. Yeah, there's there's some shadiness
0: going yeah. on. Okay, so Zach, I guess you're voting for Urban. There it is. Uh, yeah, so, Urban, Urban easily. When it comes to unsavory coaches, mm. Brett Bilama he definitely knows something about being you know some savory stuff. I've seen him. Uh, he welcomes in the Wisconsin Badgers to Champagne, Zach. Uh, is this the major storyline, Lima versus former team Wisconsin? Or well, what this rank in the hierarchy of storylines? Well,
2: what is it? What, 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 I don't know what else the storyline would be. You know what I mean? Like Wisconsin and Illinois, they're both horrible. <laughs> One and three, two and four. Wisconsin actually looking up in the standings at Illinois, in the Big Ten West. That's oh. how Wisconsin, bad Wisconsin's been. Now, um, so, yeah, there's certainly that. Yeah, Brett Vilma The storyline. Him and Paul Chris worked together for seven years. Uh, you know, six years as the OC. They were, I guess, they were coordinators together for one year, and then worked together for six and had had a ton of success. I mean, Paul Chris was having of off- leading the offense that the two highest scoring offenses in school history were underneath Brett Vilma. That didn't sound right. Uh, we were, were under Brett Bielma, and, and you know, <laughs> they had a ton of success together. So, yeah, I think that's the storyline. I didn't think, like, obviously I was not covering the team at the time, but I, I from what I had heard, there was not a whole lot of love between them. Like, essentially, Bielma was the, or uh, Chris ran the offensive side of the building, and, and uh, Brett Bielma ran the defensive side. And uh, But I think since then they have become, not close by any stretch, but, Certainly more friendly than they were. I think uh, at the end of his tenure. So well,
0: I mean, if you're in a room with Brett Bielema, you definitely be have become closer throughout the years, just because.
2: <laughs> yes, I really keep s- on making fat jokes. It's, it's very. I, uh, what do you mean?
0: You I, w- I was not. You know? It was just time heals all wounds. That's what I was getting at.
2: <laughs> time <laughs> yeah, heals all so, wounds. Yeah. So no. Yeah. So I, I think they're. Uh, I don't think they're f- friends, friends, but I think they're they're more friendly than they were. But you know, I don't know. Brett Bielema is. Um I think he's gonna actually be a good coach there.
1: Yeah, I I gonna, I, 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 agree. I agree with I, that. I
2: think they are gonna I think they are gonna turn it around. I don't know if they're ever gonna be like they were he was at Wisconsin. I I, I guess I would doubt that, but I think he is gonna make them a lot more competitive than they have been of late. So Zach
0: obviously Yeah, yeah. I mean I know Brett Bielam was the lower on the list of storylines. My storyline is can Graham Mertz, what can he do? Um but real quick, Rowdy's got something.
1: No, I was just gonna say could you ever see Brett Bielam building this team up? into a Rose Bowl competitor?
2: Mm. In the Big Ten West? In the Big Ten West. uh, So, like, you're essentially saying, can they be, like, a Northwestern? Or, like, is that where we're referring Because Northwestern's been the Big Ten title game two of the last three years. Certainly not going to be there this year, but, like, is that what we're talking about? Well, yeah, just just being able to
1: make a Rose Bowl. Like, we've seen them... Well, we've seen Brett Bielow make it with the Rose Bowl with the Wisconsin Badgers. And then on the flip side, we saw Ron Zook and Juice Williams take an Illinois team to a Rose Bowl. Now, that was a long time ago. Do you think they could get back to that type of team?
2: I think they, I think he. That's
0: a good question, Rowdy.
2: I think he can. Uh, I I do. I think he's going to recruit Illinois better than. Uh, a lot of people have, and I think they're going to have success. I just don't know if it's going to be a situation where, because, and a lot of things, that is because they're going to be in the Big Ten West, and the Big Ten West, overall, is not that strong, and I, I so I think they're going to have a chance to compete, um, and I, I do, I, I mean, I do think he's going to be successful there. I think it was a really, really good hire by Illinois, and if you can think Barry Alvarez is going to put word in, Norman, and help his job. I don't think he's like, ever going to go Wisconsin but again, Wisconsin, where they're at right now, necessarily yeah. very high, uh, very high. So
0: well, more likely to happen yeah, really it's quick.
2: A tough question, but I think they, I think you would. Okay, I have a
0: tougher question.
2: Again, make them into a contender. Maybe not an every year a contender, but a contender.
0: I have a tougher one. More likely to happen: Brett Bielema in Illinois makes a Rose Bowl, or Brett Bielema unblocks Zach Heilprin from Twitter. <laughs>
2: I'm guessing uh, Rose for sure. The for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Unless, unless, like, unless he goes like blocking strip, which I don't think is
0: going to happen. I don't think. So. Uh, I don't think. So. I think Ben Roethlisberger unblocked everyone. By the way, BT-dubs. Anyways, because um, Ben Roethlisberger once blocked. Oh, well, that's
1: also because he's getting ready to probably delete that Twitter once yeah. he's done playing. Which is Roethlisberger very has. Soon. A, I
0: was a, I was blocked by Roethlisberger ever since the God for almost ten years that Super Bowl. And uh, he is unblocked. You want unblocking screen? Anyways, enough about Big Ben. Uh, different quarterback. One you left. know who else is
1: unblocked? Most of the pass rushers coming after Wisconsin mm. quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> Speaking of quarterbacks and unblocked, work. the line tough. But uh, Graham Mertz left that uh, last game with a chest injury, and has he been practicing this week, Zach? Are we going to expect to see Graham Mertz under center tomorrow? Or yeah,
2: you're going to yeah yeah no he's he, he was looks questionable, but Paul Chris has made every indication that he is going to play. And that's a that's a very good thing for Wisconsin because he kind of saw what things look like without him um, with Chase Wolf, and so he's going to play. Jake Ferguson's going to play. It's they are going to be, I guess, kind of healthy, but doesn't really matter if they can't keep guys away from him. And I think that to me is probably yeah. We want to see what Grant Mertz does. We want to see can he pick up where he left off against Michigan, uh, and that's that what he did in those last two drives of the first half. Where he was fantastic, eight to ten, threw that couple of nice balls to Jeremiah gave for the touchdown, or I should say the deep throw down the middle and then the touchdown. Can he can he build off that? But it's the offensive line. Can they move some guys and can they keep them upright? And to this point, they have done not done a very good job of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in any against the elite competition they face. And Illinois is not elite competition, but they're better than Eastern Michigan.
0: Is there any chance that Graham Mertz duplicates what he did last year against the Fighting Illini? Please say yes. Um, can you repeat that? Is there any chance that Graham Mertz duplicates what he did last year against the Fighting Illini? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: you, you want me to say yes, so I'll say yes.
0: No, just tell me your real answer. I, I, that's no. Uh, no. The line is just... I mean, we already covered Five. it. The line is just Five. so atrocious. Five,
2: Five touchdowns, one incompletion, and it was a drop. Now, I don't think we're going to see that. But, again, we we all saw... What makes everyone so intrigued about him in those final two drives against Michigan? Like, he's got that type of ability to stand in there and make throws, and even when, uh, you know, guys are bearing down on him, be accurate with the ball. And if he can do that against Illinois, I think it's a huge step, and it could perhaps springboard this offense to being serviceable. Like, not even good or great, but serviceable to the yeah. point where your defense isn't hanging their heads when they go down two scores.
0: Yeah, we don't want to see that. Uh, Zach, so we'll see what happens in Champagne tomorrow. I feel like it's real quick if I ask you a Brewers question. Is it going to be um, – every inkling I have is going to be an ugly game at Champagne tomorrow. What do you think?
2: It's, it was hilarious. I asked all you guys for your predictions yesterday, and I won't give your predictions away. I assume you're going to give them later. In the, in the I
0: ceremony. already said it. I already did it if you want to say it. Okay. It's fine.
2: Yeah. So everyone was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't even want to – I don't even want to pick. Uh, outside of Ben Kenny.
0: here's what uh, can I read? What my Zach says. Uh, what's your prediction for the game? And I said, LOL, F word. If I know anymore, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> seventeen, fourteen, Badgers.
1: <laughs> well, you know what mine was when he said prediction for Saturday? I go twenty-four, seventeen, Badgers. If they lose on Saturday, I'm taking Army next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens, <laughs> Zach?
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's like uh, Illinois has not lost. Illinois, like outside of their lost to Virginia, the other three losses have all been, you know, one score games. So I would, uh, I, I guess, I would probably lean to that. That sounds just so horrible. but The only thing they ran at Illinois, they blew, they lost a, a Wisconsin. You know, was thirty point favorites and lost. So um, I think it's going to be like a a twenty to ten game, uh, and Wisconsin wins, but. I don't feel comfortable with that, and that is really astounding considering where they started this season.
0: Yeah, Zach, uh, yesterday you were up at American Family Field. I was looking at your Twitter account at Zach Halpern. I know you we were texting a little bit. Uh, Corbin Burns at the podium, you know, taking fielding questions. What was the vibe like for Burns and the Brewers as they were just, as, when you were up there 24 hours away?
2: Yeah, obviously, really, really excited. I mean, to go, you know, it's been since 2018, since they played a home playoff game. Corbin Burns, like a uh, Julio Thomas, was like you know. As soon as Corbin Burns on the mound, we kind of think we're going to win, even though the win loss record wouldn't suggest that. But I, I, I think today is going to be amazing atmosphere wise, and uh, you know we'll see if they can find enough offense to, to stick with Atlanta because Atlanta uh, roughed up both Woodruff and Burns in their only appearances against them. Like roughed up is, is a relative word, but Burns gave up five runs, most he's ever given up in a, in a game this year, so. Um, I'm interested to, to see how it uh, it plays out, but I can't wait to see what that crowd's going to look like and just the feeling of having a full stadium and playoffs, and it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Zach, we always have a lot of fun with you, man. I'm glad you could kick off the D-Bag vote by going with Urban Meyer, and we'll keep uh, checking your work out. Incredible work. Matt, com mm-hmm. and at Zach Heilprin. And, hey, if you, if you are in Champagne, how about you and Bielema go out and bury the hatchet a little bit? You guys go you know, at an all-you-can-eat buffet, and maybe you pick up the tab. <laughs> and he'll, he'll unblock you from Twitter.
2: Can I can I put that on the company car, yes. card? Yes.
0: Yep. That's okay. Green, okay. green light. All right. Cool. Zach, okay. see you, buddy. We love you. All
2: uh, right. Yes.
0: Bye-bye. Yeah, that's green lighted on the company card. Green let go. <laughs> we welcome in our guy, uh, one of the most handsome men in all of radio and TV and newspaper, Andrew Wagner, Forbes.com. Andrew, Hello.
7: Church key on the University app?
0: Correct. We will be there from is that 2 to 6.
7: still kicking? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: dude. Oh, All yeah. right. That's
7: right. He used to go underage back in the day. Awesome.
0: Hell, yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew, let me ask you, though. I have a question. So one of our listeners, Z in the D, he called in. What time was that, Rowdy? Like 840? Yeah, about 15 minutes, minutes ago. And he said, is it okay if I bring my one-year-old to the bar with me? I said, I don't care. Like, And, Rowdy, what did you say? Oh,
7: oh, oh, boys, boys. Let me... Let me start off with a little tale about this. Okay, that's why I
0: wanted to ask you like, what's etiquette on bringing a kid to the bar?
7: I went after, I think it was the last Friday home game. I stopped at a little watering hole near my home because, you know, hydration is important. Exactly. And I'm hanging out in the back with the D-gens and the smokers and whatever, and <laughs> the
2: there's a the stroller
7: back there and like a tiny human being. In the smoking and section? Oh, Yeah. And that child was out there the whole night, like, all wrapped up. Like, everything was fine. And everyone's, like, saying hi to the kid. The kid was playing around. And then, like, slept. And still out there at bar time. Like, I know in Wisconsin, you'll see parents bringing their kids in the bars, like, for football, whatever. Or just, you know, Tuesday night. But that was a new one for me. Because I think this kid was, like, 18 months old. And just, like, yeah, just kicking so- it. Just kicking it here at mom. Having a few brewskis. And some cigarettes. Yeah. That's... Didn't buy any shots, but beat me at bar dice twice. Did
0: so, you, know. <laughs> you play a little ship captain crew? Kid got you a
7: little bit, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah get get yeah, some I, pull tabs for that eighteen month old. I say just bring the kid to the bar. There's plenty of stuff to play with.
0: Listen, there's 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 things that are like like written in your DNA and predetermined. You know, for your life, you might as well just bring the kid to the bar if that's the case. Then you know
7: exactly. Um, and if the kid gets annoying, just put a little whiskey on a pacifier fire. Go to town.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any kids. Do you have any kids, Andrew? Not that I know of. Yeah, so I, I assume, I've always heard the old wives tale, just a little whiskey on the gums, I mean, let it go to sleep. Uh, so, Andrew, <laughs> Rowdy and I at our tailgate last Saturday, and we've seen it two two tailgates in a row at the Red Zone before Badger games. There's always a dude there now. He's got like the, you've seen the movie The Hangover, where um, Alan is wearing the little baby in the front of his his chest. You know, the Yeah, carpet. yeah. There's a guy there that's come to the tailgate now who's got this like, what you, how old do you think a baby is? For like six months, seven months.
1: Yeah, it wasn't very old. It, it uh, reminded me of like the Hangover where Al, yeah. uh, where Alan has it on the front of his chest and he's walking around, except for maybe a little bit more responsible.
7: I mean, my buddy and I take his kids to Chuck E. Cheese just so we can sit and get cranked. So you know, uh,
0: uh, they serve alcohol, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs>
7: You know, they served beer there back in the day.
0: Oh, I've got it on that was this. actually
7: my first job. But
0: were you Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese? Were you Chuck? Were you Charles I was Entertainment e. Cheese? One
7: time, I was one time, and that never had to happen again because I accidentally leveled a kid.
0: Oh well, accidentally, I don't know about that because if I was Clifford, <laughs> I was Clifford the Big Red Dog once, and when you put one of those costumes on, I'm kid, sorry, what you were what. I was Clifford the Big Red Dog at a Scholastic Book Fair once. My mom's a teacher, or was a teacher. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was punishment. I was a bad kid. And so, like, when you put on that mascot, that the costume, kids are just, like, have to just reel back and kick you right in the nuts when you wear those costumes. It's so bad. I hate, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Andrew, yeah. How, about, how about the Milwaukee Brewers? He gonna kick some in the nuts. Um, well, hopefully they kick the Atlanta Braves in the nuts here, Certain uh, at 337. Uh, Corbin Burns getting the ball right corbin burns leading all these categories uh, obviously in the cy young race hopefully he will be the cy young winner will we get a cy young performance from corbin burns this afternoon because last time he played against the Braves it didn't do go so well for uh, the flamethrower.
7: yeah neither neither burns or woody did particularly well against the the Braves in in their their lone starts against them this year so who knows um, Braves are, are a hard-hitting team. I mean, they're they're a power team. So teams like that feast on mistakes. Burns has been pretty good since that outing. I, I think he's you know nine and zero or is undefeated in the last nine starts, something like that. on the stats right in front of me. Um, but you can't you can't put too much too much faith in any of that stuff. You know, the, 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 the slate's been wiped clear. Everything is everything's different now and. You know, I think he's been pretty locked in lately. You know, he he's looked really sharp, and I, I don't see any reason to think that they're going to light him up again.
0: Uh, so, uh, Corbin Burns was talking about this as well. That he's saying that it's just another start for him. He's not taking it like you know uh, too much or too little. It's just another start. Uh, do you buy that when it comes to these players? You know, they had the presser yesterday. I know you're there in a place, Andrew. Do you buy that? That's just another start for Corbin Burns.
7: I, I for a, to an extent, I do. And I look at it more of just what his career has been like. Because remember, he got thrown in the fire in 2018. You know, he came on and was pitching those real meaningful innings out of the bullpen as they were, you know, scratching and clawing for a playoff spot. You know, then he's out there front and center in the playoffs. You know, next thing you know, you're at Dodger Stadium pitching under the bright lights. So, like, he's handled that. Then he had the complete depth of next season where everything fell out from under him and he had to build his way back. So in a way I kind of believe when he says he's just taking this like he does any other start because there's definitely a mental approach that he's built into his routine that's worked for him. You know, obviously they know the stakes, they know what's going on, but I think this team also realizes that no matter how big one of these games is, there are bigger games that they're trying to get to, if that makes sense. Like, there's a real business-like approach, even though they act like, you know, hilarious 12-year-olds at times. Like, there's a real (laughs) business-like approach to what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andrew, yesterday, and I wanted to bring this up because I know you referenced the movie PCU, um, and I always thought this, too, because I've been to, like, I can't even keep track of how many concerts I've been to now. But in my concert going I never will wear the shirt of the band I'm going to see. Like, I I just, I just, it just rubs me the wrong way for some reason.
7: In the press, Jeremy Piven's greatest advice. Yeah. Uh,
0: agreed. Or if you've ever seen um, uh, The Goods, a Live Hard, what was it? The Goods with Jeremy Piven, where he's a car salesman, used car salesman. He's got some good advice in that as well. But Corbin Burns, like he was going to a concert, it looked like he would wear the band t shirt to the concert. Was Corbin Burns truly wearing his own shirt um, yeah it, had, it had him and
7: hater on it and said Mil- Milwaukee Flow bros I'm Now, like, the shirt oh, is okay. cool
0: but I mean yeah tell me a little yeah. more of what uh, were you a little disgruntled with this
7: I, I just it's just an observation as you know I like to make witty observations being you know the the worst sports writer in Wisconsin I just like to look for the fun and, and frivolity that is sports because last I checked this crap is supposed to be fun.
1: Well, hang on, Rowdy's got something. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think you should short yourself by saying the worst sports writer in Wisconsin because even the worst sports writer in Wisconsin is still the best that Illinois would have.
7: Now, 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 I will not. I will not slander my friends who who scribe south of the border. <laughs> Steve Greenberg, the Sun-Times columnist, great guy. Gordon Whitmire covers the Cubs, great guy. Russ Dorsey, great guy. They all pick up tabs. Pick up so tabs. no. You can <laughs> say what you want about, you know, players and teams, but we're gonna leave the scribes out of this.
4: Okay.
1: Fine, we'll we'll say Minnesota. There
7: you go.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's not like you voted for Devin Williams third. It was second, so you can't be the worst. All
7: right, and you know, the Waker. funny thing about you know, funny thing about that, and I didn't notice this until recently, so I was looking back at the, the voting from last year. So both Milwaukee writers voted for uh Bame out of Philadelphia. Both of Philadelphia's writers voted for um what's his name from San Diego? Was it Cronenberg? No. I can't think of the guy's name yeah, now. Cronenworth. Cronenworth. And both the San Diego's writers voted for the Milwaukee guy. So it was like kind of a little circle thing.
0: What did you guys all have like some kind of like like some kind of oath or something? Do you all had to vote for each other's guys or something?
7: No, just weirdness.
0: Oh. Uh, hey Andrew, <laughs> don't take any offense. I just love bringing that up. Uh, it's just it's just an inside joke as Rowdy and I. Yes, as you know,
7: the... as you know, I'm very thin-skinned. You know.
4: Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs>
7: um,
0: <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Wagner, joining us right now. Forbes.com. Check him out by Andrew Wagner uh, on Twitter as well. So did you? I'm sure you did. And uh, speaking of scribes, did you read the Colton Wong story that he put out to the Players Tribune?
7: I caught glimpses of it. It was, uh, you know. Kind of like what Christian Yelich wrote three yeah, years ago. it was ago. very – it pulled at the heartstrings.
0: Yeah. Like, his wife's given birth, and as the baby's – Yeah, out, I like that part He can't it. help like but watch the Brewers, you know, and that was a moment for him. That, like, I, he could feel that this would be a World Series team and that X Factor is the crowd. Um, when it comes to the sticks of the Brewers, obviously we'd like to see Christian Yelich turn it around, and we would like to see, you know, insert player here. Who's the person, when it comes to swinging the stick, Andrew, is it Willie Adams the guy that'll be the difference? Is it a Colton Wong who did the uh, the letter? Is it? You know, Yelli going to turn back the hands of time here a little bit and get back to that 2019 form? Like, who's the guy that stirs the drink for the crew in
7: this NLDS? I mean, it sounds cliché, but it's going to have to be all of the above. You look at what the Brewers were doing when they were going off on their hot streak and it was a different guy every single day. They weren't counting on Christian Yelich to come through and be the guy in the lineup. You know, some days it was Colton Wong. You know, getting the leadoff walk and and getting around the bases. You know, you had times where it was Danny V or or Rowdy Tellez and You know, even Jackie Bradley came up with a big hit once in a while. So it, it's going to have to be all around because you, you don't get you you really don't get to put together those big long innings like you do in the regular season. Once you get to the playoff, pitchers are just too good for that. So it's going to have to be everyone doing their part and having good at bats and looking for mistakes. That's what, that's what offense is come postseason. season. It's waiting for that pitcher to make a mistake, waiting for that pitch that he leaves just a little bit too much over the plate and crushing it. Because again, you're going up against the best of the best. You're not going to get a lot of room to, to do anything. So I, I, it's easy to say, yeah, I mean, obviously Christian Yelich has to get going. Omar Navias has to get going. He's been in it deep for the last, you know, couple of weeks or so. Um, but it, it their offense works best when everyone's doing something. So if it's Christian Yelich getting a walk and the guy behind him slapping a single and Avi, you know, ripping a double into the corner, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that that's going to get the Brewers going.
1: So Andrew, he posed that question to me earlier today, and I came up with two names that were a little more obscure, and you touched on at least one of them. Like obviously, Christian Yelich was your former MVP. He is the face of your franchise. He has to pick it up if you really want to be serious about winning a world series. And then obviously this year, Willie Adamas has been your spark plug since he got there in late May. They've been on a tear. Those are the two obvious ones. I thought a little more obscure was Omar Nervaez and Colton Wong, because it seems like when those two guys are swinging the bats, well, that's normally when the rest of the lineup is really rolling. And you've seen, especially the last month, Omar Nervaez has been trash and, You've seen kind of some ups and downs from him and Wong kind of in the middle of the season when the Brewers have struggled in little pockets. Those were the two that I I kind of put my thumb on, I guess I would say, and say if those two guys ball out, this team's in good hands.
7: Yeah, I'm working on a story that's going to go up in a little bit at Forbes where you and your fine readers of Madison can find coverage all weekend of the Milwaukee Brewers. That's where it's at, Um, baby. Hell yeah. The three... The three guys that the, the, the Brewers really need to snap out of this week, and like we said, obviously, Yelich, Omer, and his OPS over the last like three weeks is 212, and his OPS for September is, I think, 400, something like that. Not yeah. good. They really need him. And then the, the other guy who, who's completely under the radar, not an offensive guy, but they're going to need Brad Boxberger
1: yeah. to be
7: at his best. You know, They need him to snap out of it. He was so great for those first you know four or five months of the season and then kind of fell off a little bit down the stretch. But with Devin Williams out, you know, obviously Craig's going to use starters in late-inning situations. He's got that option. But, and I I was saying this on Bill's show the other day, you know, those are guys, you like to bring those guys in at the start of an inning for a clean inning. You know, the guys that you turn to when your starters run out of gas, he's in a little bit of jam, he's got two on, one out, you know, one-run game. That's when you go to guys like Boxberger and Strickland, and and Strickland's been great, you know, almost all year ever since they got him. Boxberger was doing phenomenal, you know, in the, the setup setup role until he kind of fell a, a little bit down the stretch. They're going to need him now more than ever, so I think those are the three guys. Like if the Brewers are going to make a run, those three guys got to be big contributors.
1: So real quick here, I I kind of got a question. What are your thoughts with when Josh Hader says? He doesn't necessarily know if he's going to go two innings. Yeah. When a guy like Devin Williams is out, and I mean Josh Hader has been one of the best relievers in baseball the last four years.
7: Well, I mean, I don't think he's lying when he says he doesn't know. It. I think he knows it's an option, but you never really know what the situation calls for. Um, I, I think it would probably be more likely in the first round to see him go two innings, just because you have the, the more time off. Um, but
0: let the man pitch. Get
7: past that, you're gonna you're gonna be pitching him. You know, you're gonna pitch him in all seven games of a series.
0: Hell yeah, he, take the bubble. You know, it's, let's go.
7: I I also don't think they're gonna give away. Like, you know, why why put that? Other teams are already cognizant of the fact that hey, there's a good chance we might see you know Josh Hader in the eighth. You know why why give it away? I don't I don't think he knows. I don't think Craig Council knows what he's gonna do. I think it's gonna be dictated on where the game is at. You know, if it's a one-run game, and you kind of got in you know, the middle of the order coming up, yeah, maybe you do go right to Josh Shader and, and slam that door right away. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't see a lot of benefit, I guess, to using Josh and, and committing him to a, a multi-inning role. Like, why, why commit to it when you can have your options open? There's, there's, you've got plenty of guys. I mean, would pitch. you feel not confident coming out with, with, with Aaron Ashby coming out for an eighth inning. He's been nice. Like, He's been nice. Or or and I I said this a million times and of course I now that I say this, we'll get to the ballpark today and Craig will go, Oh, Freddie's gonna start on on Monday. But if Craig went to Freddie in the eighth inning, you know, would you have any less confidence than you would if you sent Josh Hader out there for two innings? Like I mean, there's
0: I'm a big fan of a viable option. Yeah.
7: Uh Andrew, yeah. uh,
0: unfortunately Man, we could talk forever. Um, I have a, a guy calling in um, from West Palm Beach that has a story about drinking in a bar when he was a kid. Would you like to stay on hold and hear it, or should I send you on your way?
7: I'll stay on hold. We'll listen to it.
0: Okay. Andrew, well, we appreciate your time. We love you, man. Very handsome and, and very well-knowledgeable. Good work. Forbes.com and Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. We'll keep following and uh, checking all your coverage because it's incredible. Thank you, sir. Have a good day at the park. I'll toss you on hold so you can we'll hear this. See